This is the Cheyenne Roundup, a weekly look at the action inside the general session of the 67th Wyoming Legislature from Wyoming Public Media and Wyofile. I'm Camila Kodalska, Wyoming Public Media's Interim News Director. I'm Maggie Mullen. I report on politics and government for Wildfile. And I'm Jeff Victor with Wyoming Public Media and the Laramie Reporter. We are headed into week six of this roughly eight-week legislative session. Bill drafts peaked at 497 before a slew of deadlines started to winnow down the pile. And now almost half of those bills are dead. Maggie, give us some context. Is it normal to see so many bills die? Yes, a lot of bills did die last week, but that's not totally unusual at this particular juncture, you know. The the fifth week of a general session is traditionally a deadly time for bills because there are these back-to-back deadlines, so usually we can expect to see at least some bills uh, fail without a debate on the floor. What was unusual was the number of House bills that died on Monday because they failed to get that initial floor vote. So that's also known as the Committee of the Whole. And that number, that was about three times what it's been on average for the last 20 years. That's that's what I found, you know, sort of digging through data from the Legislative Service Office. And, you know, one lawmaker played a, a significant role in that, and I'll tell you why. So after a bill clears introduction and clears committee, when or if it gets debated on the floor is up to the majority floor leader. And in the House, that's Representative Chip Nyman of Hewlett. And it's up to him to move legislation to the front or to the back of the line of bills that are waiting to be debated. And, you know, sure, he consults with others about that list, such as the minority floor leader, who's Representative Mike Yin. But ultimately, it is Nyman's call. And and I spoke to him for a story about this very dynamic. And, you know, he really stood by what bills he prioritized. And he sees his position as this important backstop for the body. And, you know, he did admit that the House has been slower than than usual and the reason he gave for that he sort of pointed to the the makeup of the body because if you'll remember about half of the house is you know brand new to lawmaking there there was quite a bit of turnover in the last election but you know overall Nyman is pretty content with how things went okay so Nyman was pretty okay with it but how did the other lawmakers feel about it yeah, you know, there's some some division there because other lawmakers see that slow pace of work as a pretty serious red flag, including Representative Steve Harshman of Casper, who's, you know, been in the House longer than any other current House member. And the thing that Harshman told me was that the the tangible effect of inexperience in both leadership and the body is ineffectiveness, that, you know, existing problems don't get solved. Representative Mike Yin, he had similar things to say. You know, he was pretty disappointed that the body spent a lot of time debating social issues while other bills went unheard. You know, he pointed to the Medicaid expansion bill, which has a lot of public interest, but he also pointed to these sort of quieter bills, like one to incentivize improving neglected or abandoned commercial buildings, as well as a a proposal for a film production rebate program. Um, Another bill to die was a new source shield law. Jeff, you've been following that bill. You know, what can you tell us about it? 
Yeah, I was following some of the bills that you mentioned, and the new source shield law was one of them. So what's a shield law? Well, basically, its tagline could be that it's a law that protects journalists who protect their sources. So say you're a reporter. Usually, you're going to avoid using anonymous sources. Stories are usually stronger when sources can stand behind what they're saying and sign their name to it. But occasionally, anonymous sources are going to be unavoidable. So say you're a reporter and you've written a story quoting an anonymous source. Well, lots of people are probably going to want to know who that source is when they read your story. Maybe law enforcement wants to know because the police want to question that source about a crime. Or maybe an institution like a school, a hospital, a business wants to know who that anonymous source is because they want to go after them for breaking a non-disclosure agreement or to hit them with a libel suit. Well, if any of these places make their case before a court of law, the judge can order a journalist to turn over their news gathering materials and reveal that source. The court can even hold a journalist in contempt and throw them in jail if they refuse to cooperate. At least that's how it works in Wyoming, because Wyoming is just one of two states that don't have a shield law. In the 48 other states that do, a court can't jail a journalist just to make them reveal their sources. So there was a bill this session that would have given Wyoming a shield law. It was supported by a news editor. It passed out of committee with a safe eight to one vote. But it was supposed to go to the House floor. And like all the other bills Maggie was talking about, it just never got brought up for consideration. So it's dead now. And it died pretty uneventfully just by missing a deadline. And, you know, that was the same fate for Medicaid expansion, which, like I mentioned, it's a bill that's gotten a lot of public interest. It's also a bill that uh, has come up, you know, several times in the past and has kind of become this annual tussle between lawmakers about, you know, how far it gets in the process. Yeah, you can tell how big a deal this bill is, because for the past three sessions, at least, a nonprofit coalition has been hosting a rally on the Capitol steps on the first day of the session, specifically calling for Medicaid expansion. And they usually have some lawmakers speak at it and some other people. But this year, the bill for Medicaid expansion, like the Shield Law bill, advanced out of committee. It got some debate there and plenty of public testimony, and then it got sent to the House floor. But once again, Majority Floor Leader Chip Nyman didn't put the bill on the schedule. So it died when the deadline passed, effectively ending this year's push for Medicaid expansion. And looking at those two bills, Medicaid expansion and the shield law, it's impossible to say if they would have passed if they got a reading on the House floor, but there's a good chance Medicaid expansion would have gotten a lot further. The idea has majority support in Wyoming, and every year there are more Republican lawmakers who come around on the issue. Like this year, Representative Steve Harshman said he was going to vote for Medicaid expansion for the first time after voting against it for years. A similar bill even passed the House a couple of years ago before dying in a Senate committee, so it might have had a chance in the House. So Medicaid expansion supporters have been here before, and they say they'll keep fighting for it next year and hope for a more favorable outcome. But that was what I was following this week. Camilla, you were watching some other bills about some hot-button issues. How did those do? Yeah, so I was following the abortion ban this past week. Most people will probably remember last year the Wyoming legislature passed a trigger ban that went into effect when Roe versus Wade was overturned um, this past June. And that law is actually currently being challenged in court. So abortion is still legal in this state. 
Um, but Representative uh, Rachel Rodriguez Williams introduced a bill this t- session that would um, basically it's exactly the same as the trigger ban. But it adds even more restrictions um, and a lot of clarifying language. The way that it, it was introduced was that it would replace the current trigger law that was passed last year. It would create even more restrictions of not allowing abortion in case of incest or rape. Um, and it would also allow people to sue providers um, who perform abortions. And one of the main parts of this bill was that it states unequivocally that abortion is not health care. And so the reason why um, the lawmakers put this in is because that is one of the main questions going through court right now with the trigger ban is whether abortion is health care. And so in a sense, this bill is trying to answer the court's problem uh, with the trigger ban. And so they think that this bill will have a better chance of winning court cases and making abortion illegal in the state because of that. Um, but right away when it was introduced um, and it was introduced into the House, it became clear that a lot of lawmakers were having problems with the language of the bill, saying that it was unconstitutional and weak. Um, and it basically came down to an argument in the House of whether this bill should be passed or not. And if it's the uh, lawmakers kept on saying the best vehicle to move forward and make abortion illegal. And so the lawmakers that were worried about that kept on mentioning that they are pro-life, they want to make abortion illegal, and that this bill will do the exact opposite, which is why they really, really tried to add amendments to the bill that would, in their sense, make it less unconstitutional. A lot of amendments were introduced. Almost none of those amendments got passed except one. um, And that one amendment is basically making this bill a trigger bill to the trigger bill. Um, So what that means is it's going to wait until the Supreme Court or just the courts in general in Wyoming make a decision about the current trigger ban. And if they do decide if that one is unconstitutional, then this one will become law um, five days after that decision. And so the lawmakers that um, introduced this amendment and argued for this amendment made a really big point to say we should stick with what we have right now. What is the best vehicle? We should wait and see what the court has to say. And this will be our backup if, you know, if this doesn't work and we can't make abortion illegal with that law, then let's introduce this one. It passed in the House and now it's waiting to be considered in the Senate. So with that, Maggie and Jeff, is there anything else that you are following this week? So we're now at the point in the session where surviving House bills go to the Senate for debate and Senate bills go to the House. Uh, This is what's generally called the crossover period. So, of course, there are some individual bills I'll be keeping my eye on, like those related to property taxes. And the budget bill now goes to joint conference committee to get worked out between the two chambers. That said, overall, I'm interested to watch how the crossover period changes the flow of work. I mean, especially in the House. Um, I spoke with House Speaker Albert Summers on Friday morning, 
And he said that, you know, this period of time generally brings a different dynamic to the session since, you know, lawmakers won't be looking at the bills of their immediate colleagues. And because there's fewer bills, some are said there's more opportunity for scrutiny. There's more time for more amendments. Plus, you know, relationships are pretty strained right now in the House, is, is what Summers said Friday. You know, he kind of described the lid as sort of bubbling at times, but that it hasn't blown up yet on the floor. So, you know, maybe the crossover period can ease some of that tension. Um, who knows? We'll see. I, I also wanted to flag something for our Jackson friends on Wednesday at the Center for the Arts, Wildfile is co-hosting our second annual live journalism night, and my colleague Mike Kajmero has a great story to tell about the legislature, you know, sort of peeling back the curtain from his experience reporting here in Cheyenne. Again, that's Wednesday, 7 p.m. at the Center for the Arts. Don't miss it. This week, I'll be following some bills that I've done some reporting on uh, in previous weeks. There are a handful of anti-LGBTQ bills still in play. Wyoming's version of the Don't Say Gay bill that you've heard about from Florida has sailed through the Wyoming Senate and is now waiting for discussion in the House. That would limit what teachers can talk about in classrooms when it comes to sexual orientation and gender identity. And it might require school districts to out gay and trans students to their parents, even if those parents are not supportive. But potentially an even more impactful bill is Senate File 111. That would actually make it a felony to give trans kids gender-affirming care. Medical and mental health professionals, as well as school officials and young queer people themselves, are opposed to the bill. And they point to research showing that bills like this further stigmatize queer youth and push them into depression and suicide. That bill has also passed in the Senate and is now also headed to the House. So as both of those get assigned to House committees this week, I'll be following closely. Great. Well, thank you so much, Maggie and Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for listening to the Cheyenne Roundup, your weekly look at what lawmakers are up to during the 2023 legislative session from Wyoming Public Media and Wyofile. Keep an ear out for new episodes every Monday. Till next time, stay updated on all things legislative on wyomingpublicmedia.org and wyofile.com. Thanks for listening.